Policy matters. Policy matters. Policy matters. Policy matters. Policy matters. I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and welcome to Policy Matters. Today, we welcome Sarah Bogdan, our Government Affairs Director, and Jesse Loesch, our Government Affairs Manager, from ASRM's Government Affairs Office. We're going to do a little roundup of policy and advocacy news and updates, and I will turn it over first to Jesse Loesch. Thank you. So I have to admit that I have to go back through my notes for this one because the session feels like it lasted at least three years, and I did not remember what was going on all the way back in February, March, all the way to May. So we had a, we had a busy session in the states, some scary, some bad, and some really good. We saw legislation banning or restricting access to abortion and gender-affirming care introduced in every single state. However, obviously not all of these passed. I think they show this concerted effort by the groups backing them to create a sort of national landscape where access to care is severely restricted and also confusing, you know, to sort of make this language that people are unsure what is legal or available to them or what's legal or available to provide. So we're already seeing the effects of this legislation in Texas and Kentucky and Ohio, where pregnant people filed lawsuits just to be able to get abortion care for non-viable pregnancies. And I think we're only going to continue to fight against a lot of these these restrictions or outright bans. But luckily, we also saw personhood legislation, legislation that would have had really disastrous effects for IVF, fail to pass in a number of states, including Alabama, South Carolina, Arkansas, where ASRMs was fighting those um, pieces of legislation. And we also were really lucky to see legislation expanding access to infertility care. So this session, this past session alone, fertility preservation laws passed in Kentucky, in Utah, and in Texas. And Washington, D.C., which is not a state, but we're claiming it, passed an IVF mandate that will go into effect next year. So that was really exciting. We still have legislation that we're working on this week. As we speak, we're getting some emails and updates about it in New Jersey, California, and Washington. And I think incredibly, we could talk about Ohio, which sort of wrapped up another ASRM win of uh, getting into ballot measures. So in Ohio, the session ASRM was involved in getting this ballot measure passed that codifies the right to abortion, contraception, and fertility care. And despite literally every attempt by the state GOP to block this or to make it more difficult to pass, it passed with over 60% success. So that was really exciting and hopefully foreshadows some of the ballot measures we're going to see next year. I think perhaps the most important piece of this state roundup is a huge part of our successes and wins are due to the actions of our of our ASRM members who participated in coalition calls, met with legislators, wrote up ads, flagged legislation for us. So we are really grateful to our members of the states who see themselves as as advocates as we see them. And I think that's my state roundup. I like to end on an optimistic note, even though at times it didn't feel quite so optimistic. Um, Sarah, can I can I pass the baton to you? Sure. Yeah, I think for the federal world and Congress, I think 
2023 was a year of like risks and opportunities. There was big risks and few opportunities to change the landscape. You know, I think 2024, there's going to be a lot more political chatter, especially through the presidential election and Congress being re- up for, you know, election again. But I think 2023 had a lot of risks and very few opportunities. And I think we mostly skated by on maintaining the status quo. What could have happened in some legislative vehicles that were would be devastating, especially on the military side for trans care, didn't end up happening. So we sort of hate to say get lucky, but like it didn't happen. So that so the status quo remains. And I understand that the status quo isn't isn't good either, but the risks for further erosion of rights and coverage and access was absolutely on the on the menu of options. And for seemingly most of those things didn't the worst case scenarios didn't happen in 2023. In order to get make sure that the worst case scenarios don't happen, we really need to keep pushing. One way for our members to sort of engage and making sure the worst case scenarios don't happen is to join the ASRM and Resolve Federal Advocacy Day. For this year, it's going to be May 14th, 2024. We would love to see you. Please participate. Please sign up. Please join us. We've had, let's see, I'm trying to think through all the bills. There's so much happening that almost happened and almost went negative and some of the stuff that almost went positive, but it didn't. Let's talk about the Office of Personnel Budget Management. I forgot that. That was actually a pretty big win, which is, so that is the administration office that manages the benefits for federal employees. And in 2023, there was an expansion for fertility benefits, but we really have been pushing harder to get more. So in 2024, there was an announcement in November which was great, of expansion of plans. I believe it was 24 plans on the federal for federal employees that expand fertility benefits. Some of them include IVF, but sort of at a cap. And so it's really important to actually go through those plans if you are or your family member is a federal employee to really make sure you read the what's in the weeds. But I think if we keep going down this path for all federal employees to have robust and comprehensive fertility benefits. I think it really becomes a game changer. I know I said this this time last year, but we are on the path for a game changing situation. And so I am hopeful for 2024 that there'll be more robust coverage for full and complete comprehensive fertility care and coverage. We're getting there. There's more to go, but we're definitely taking a step forward. Should probably send out a little warning about what's going to happen in January. Does anyone like do we like what's going to happen in Congress in January? Yeah, it's going to be like a hot mess express. Are we ready for this? So what we thought was going to happen this past September, which would be a federal shutdown, didn't end up happening. Again, this like big risks, big opportunities, things that didn't actually happen. So I was putting my money on like shutdown October first for twenty twenty three. Now the ball has changed and moved to January 2024. House Republicans are going to have a super crazy slim margin to run the House, which makes 
all the more challenging to get bills that are must pass done. So starting January 1st, 2024, House Republicans are going to start with 220 members. Now, remember, you need 218 to move anything. So House Republicans will be in the slimmest margin ever of any any Congress. Probably should double check that, but I'm pretty positive about that. And so that makes these must-pass things really challenging. And in 2024, in January, there are two, of course, because this is what Congress does, like, not why have one problem, but when we can make two problems, they have two humongous funding deadlines in January of 2024 when they only have 220 members. So it's going to be really challenging. It's, you know, you know, in election year, the noise blood chatter goes up anyways, which is how it works. But the noise in January is going to be like, I'm going to be in bed with like with pillows in my ears. Like it is going to be brutal, unfortunately. So the hope is they come together on this. They may or may not need Democratic votes in the House. They will absolutely, uh, Senate leadership is still being, is still run by Democrats. So Senate Leader Schumer. So whatever passes has still has to pass both chambers and it needs to happen pretty quickly in early January. So the noise in January is, uh, is hang on to your seat. This is the kind of stuff you watch. Well, hope, hope, hope. That's all. <laughs> we'll hold on to that as our key word as we roll on into this new year. I know you all are extremely busy, and I just want to take a moment to thank you both for being able to come on the show and give us an update. Thank you. Thank you. And then we just want to say one can yes. just say one thing that's awesome Absolutely. that happened in 2023 because we got to end on a positive note. Sure. The new definition of infertility that is more inclusive. Is a is is an actual game changer, and it is the, one of the biggest highlights for us. I think in twenty twenty three, it is fantastic. It means that we are able to advocate for more inclusive infertility coverage, and that is just amazing. And I can't tell you how many groups have come forward. I'm so happy that this has happened. I'm sure the state legislators have come forward as well, Jesse. Yeah, we're already using it in states. It's been really. As Sarah said, the game changer. So we, I'm very, I'm so thrilled and so proud of ASRM to do this. This is really important, and I can't wait to. I already am, and Jesse already is, just to move the ball forward on inclusivity for fertility benefits. Absolutely, I'll give that a big huzzah as well. Again, thank you both for your time today, and until next time, I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and this is Policy Matters. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician.